Welcome to Words of Life, Love, and Freedom. I'm your host, Paul McKibben. And what I'm going to be talking about today is when we are being made into something new by God. Now, the actual name of this episode is called Something New. Um, And the piece of poetry I'll be sharing is called Something New. But it's all about being yielded to God. Yielding to God in a way that He can do with us what He wants to do with us, not what we want to do. Because, you know, serving God is not about us doing what we want to do. It's about us doing what God wants us to do. And when we are doing what God wants us to do, We're going to be yielded to him and we will be right in the middle of his will for our life. Our life will be centered around Christ. So I'm going to go ahead and share this now. This is called Something New. I praise you, almighty God, and I worship you this day. I give you all the adoration And I will love, honor, and serve you, O God, for teaching me to live in a new and better way. I praise you, dear Lord, because you are making me into something new. You are shaping me and molding me. You are the potter, and I am the clay in your hands. You are fashioning me into your likeness and image of you. I praise you, O God, that you are making me into something new. My King, always keep me by your side and never let me stray again, whatever you do. I praise you, O God, that even when I fail because of my shortcomings, you continue making me into something new. You, O God, are truly worthy to be praised, because even when I have gone wayward, your Holy Spirit always leads me back to you. Thank you, O God, for making me a new creation, for making me something new. My King, I just want to love you and serve you at all costs, whatever I do. O God, you're making me into something new. You are righteous, just, and all good. You, dear Lord, are to be exalted before all the earth and the hosts of heaven. You always watch over and protect me. O God, you would have died even for just me alone to try to save me from eternal damnation like I knew you would. O God, you're making me into something new. You have wiped away clean the slate of my sinful past. My King, you're such a loving and compassionate God. Your love endures long. Your love endures all. You give me the assurance and the freedom to take off my mask. Dear Lord, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are always making me into something new. O God, you show me 
that I can trust you, that it's okay to be transparent and show my weaknesses, to be vulnerable when I'm with you. Me being weak allows me to see that my strength comes from you. I will continually praise you, O God, because you are always making me into something new. O God, you are my strength, you are my rock, you are always making me into something new. O God, you give me wings to soar into the heavens and to give me and you give me boldness to walk into your throne room in freedom. I just want to be in your presence with you. Praise God. So this is what the Holy Spirit inspired me to write about being made into something new. And the Holy Spirit inspired me to write that back in August of 2022. And I was just pouring my heart out. The Lord was filling me with his love that particular morning. And he was filling me with his love and he was pouring his love and his spirit over me. And he was filling me full. And see, that's the way the Lord has been flowing in my life for some time now. He will pour his love over me while he's filling me with his spirit and filling me with his love, joy, and peace. And he fills me full until it overflows and it comes out in this writing. And then it, when I share it, it overflows on all those around So, being made into something new is really what being a Christian is all about. We don't become Christians to live the same old life, not yielded to God, not surrendered to God, and not changing anything. That's not, that's not being a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian and you have not changed your life at all from your sinful past, then shame on you. Because being a Christian is about living to set an example. It's about raising the bar so that people can look at us and distinguish us from people of the world and know, hey, there's something about that person they got something that I want. That Jesus they're serving, that God they're serving, I want to know him. So really, you know, we're supposed to be setting an example. So we are really, we should be striving to want to be made into something new. We should want to be striving to be made into something new. Because not only is it going to benefit us, but it's going to bring us in unity with our Heavenly Father. It says in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, 
and you our potter and all we and all we are the work of your hand see god is actually he's got each and every one of us in the palm of his hand carefully and ever so gently molding us and shaping us he's trying to mold us into his image to be more christ-like so that we can serve him to the fullest so that we can serve him the way that he's called us to serve him and it also says in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the flesh the i mean the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so let me read that again because this is really important then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and it goes on in verse 27 to say so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them now when it says let us make man in our image that is factual statements right there and that's proof that God is just not one entity he is a triune God Father, Son, Holy Spirit let us make man in our image it's not just God the Father it's not just God the Son it's not just the Holy Spirit it's all three entities working together as God and so he the Lord gave them dominion over everything in the earth over the fish of the sea the birds of the air over the cattle over the earth over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and so when God created Adam and Eve he created them in in their image and so this can be a little complicated for some people a lot of people like to think that God is male and in fact God is both male and female that's why it says that he created them in their image so he's part male part female now did you know don't let it get confusing it's it's not a um, confusing issue here but we have to know and understand that God has the characteristics of both male and female 
when it comes to his makeup. Um, we know that there is a heavenly father. We know Jesus was a man. So we naturally assume that the Holy Spirit is a man too. And that's why a lot of people think that God is male. Which, you know, a lot of people think that, and I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but it's God is male and female. If it makes you feel better to to refer to him as Heavenly Father or Jesus as, his, you know, your Lord, your Savior, that he's a man, he, um, I don't see anything wrong with that. But we also have to understand that there is a female side to God, too. And so... God created man in his in his own image. You know, and there's a lot to be said about that. If you think about it, when God created everything, he spoke it into existence. And so not only did he speak it into existence, but with us it says in God's word that the very words we speak can bring life or death. It says that in Proverbs. That the words we speak can bring life and life or death. So life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so that's why I believe that life and death is in the power of the tongue because we were made in God's image and God spoke everything into existence. God can bless God could curse if he wanted to, but I haven't known um, too many circumstances where where God would outright curse someone. I know that that's a sticky issue there, and I'm not going to get too much into it because that's going to get me off track. But God is a a loving God and yes there are consequences and there is disciplinary actions that God takes when um, when we are not yielded to him when we're not serving him when we're not obeying him and so we need to be careful in these areas when we are not obeying God and we know we should be we are asking for some sort of disciplinary action we are asking to be punished now we've always considered that God would be the punisher God would be the executor of discipline executor of curses or whatever when actually God does not cause curses God allows them to happen because he will lift his hand of protection from you and allow the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. That's not God doing that. That's the enemy. So get that out of your mind that God curses people. Um, so God loves people. God loves us and wants us to be with him. He doesn't want us to die. He doesn't want to curse us. But if we are not obeying him, and it's going to take a drastic situation to come into play 
to cause us to see the error of our ways and learn from a disciplinary action. Sometimes the Lord will lift his hand of protection and allow the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. It's happened in my life. And I know it to be true. So we need to be careful of that. But you know what the awesome thing is? Is that it says in John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17 goes on to say, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God loves us so much. He sent His Son as a sacrifice to be punished, to be beaten, to be scourged, all the terrible things that happened to Him. And to ultimately be crucified for the sins of the world. And you know what? If you were the only person on this earth, God would have still done it. He would have still done it. So don't think that, well, I'm just here and God came to save everybody. There's really nothing special about me. Get that thought out of your mind. You are very special to God. God... God cherishes each and every one of his creations. And he wants so desperately to be your heavenly father. And to some people, he is their heavenly father because they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they're serving God and doing the things that they know God wants them to do. But for those of you that are not saved, that are not Christian, or don't identify as being a believer in Jesus Christ. He is not your Heavenly Father. He is your Creator, yeah, but He doesn't become your Heavenly Father until you are a child of His. But know that God loves you so much that even if you were the only one on this, on this earth, God would have still went to the cross for your sins so that you could be with him in the end. And that is an awesome thing to think about. And you know, there's a lot that we have to learn as we live this life as a Christian. And there's a lot of things that that really, not only do we need to be sharp in and be quickened in and, and be good at, But it benefits us as well as others when we do these things, like being patient with people. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Now patience is a good virtue. And I know that I've heard a lot of people joke and say, you don't ever want to pray for patience because the Lord's going to allow all kinds of trouble to come your way for you to end up becoming patient. But patience is a good virtue, and we should all want patience. 
And being patient, I think, is kind of, in a way, very connected to forgiving, to forgiveness. It also says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. So these are examples of how patience patience works together with different um, aspects of living the Christian life. Forewarning those that are unruly but also comforting the faint-hearted and upholding the weak, being patient with all, not quarreling, but being gentle to all, being able to teach, being patient. All these things are good virtues. All these things are good virtues. So, we got to keep in mind That patience is good to have. We should all want patience. That says in 1 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. So now I'm getting to where I'm going to be sharing a little bit about things about God that endure forever or that endure everlasting. His mercy endures forever. That's one of the things. Let's go to Psalms chapter 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting And his truth endures to all generations. Psalm 111, verse 3. His work is honorable and glorious. And his righteousness endures forever. Psalms chapter 111, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. You know, all these are are really good because it just shows how not only his mercy endures forever, but the Lord is good and his truth endures to all generations. His righteousness endures forever. And His praise endures forever. So I want to read this one again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Get this into your minds and in your hearts, folks. When we begin to yield to God and surrender to God, And we have a reverent fear of the Lord. That's not being scared of God. That's 
having a reverent fear of God. That's honor and respecting God for who he is. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments, his praise and towards forever. So that is an awesome thing to think about. And so these scriptures are all talking about different things, different attributes about God and characteristics about God that endure forever, that endure everlasting. And so it's a wonderful thing then to be able to be part of a relationship with an all-loving, all-knowing God, all-powerful God that can love you in that kind of way. And now lastly, lastly, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to finish up with Second uh, Chronicles chapter 30, verse 8. It says, How do not, now do not be stiff-necked, as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and enter his sanctuary, which has, which he has sanctified forever and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. Now this was talking about, this was actually King Hezekiah um, King Hezekiah had written out letters to all of Israel and Judah trying to urge them to come and celebrate Passover. And he was reminding them not to be stiff-necked as their fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord. And there's something to be said about that. When you yield yourself to God, you are making yourself available for him to use you as the vehicle to carry his word, to carry his power and authority, to carry the healing signs, miracles, and wonders that he wants to operate through you into all the areas of this world, into communities, into places where people may gather into villages or wherever it is the Lord wants us to be yielded to him he wants us to be yielded to him in such a way that we can be used by him to spread the gospel to share God's love with a hurting broken uh, world or a hurting, broken community. And so, remember that. So if you know somebody that's hurting and you have Jesus in your life, go share God's love with them. Just just be there for them. Just listen to them and let them know that you care about them. And... If you're not a Christian and you want to know Christ, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you, Lord, and I admit that I'm a sinner, and I know that I have sinned. 
I believe that you allowed Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and was raised on the third day. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I allow your Holy Spirit to come in and dwell in me now. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and loving me and forgiving me of my sins. Forgive me, Father, for all I've done wrong. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, praise God, you are now in the family of God. So get excited about it. Get a Bible and start reading God's Word and get involved in your local church or in a local Bible study. Um, just somehow get plugged in somewhere where somebody's teaching the word of God. So praise the Lord. You take care. God bless each and every one of you and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.